I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. Anytime you put on an event, by definition, you know, you have people over your house, you're going to clean up the house. You have 21 world leaders, you've got tens of thousands of people coming from all uh, around the globe. Uh, what an opportunity to showcase the world's most extraordinary place, San Francisco. So we're back to direct, open, clear, direct communications on a, on a, ba on a direct basis. Vital miscalculations on either side can, are, can cause real, real trouble with, a, with a, uh, a country like China or any other major country. And so I think we're made real progress there as well. You ask, what is it that's, that's in the way? The imperative of status quo, the way money works, the numbers of people who have pressured some of the oil and gas companies because they weren't doing as well as the ones that weren't doing stuff on the climate. Look at the pressure, you know, a bunch of asset owners and managers in New York and elsewhere in the world have been under to make more money. So put it down to greed, G-R-E-D, greed. That greed, for lack of a better word, is good. When you see around the globe the maldistribution of wealth, the, the desperate plight of millions of people in underdeveloped countries, uh, when you see so few haves and so many have-nots, when you, when you see the greed and the concentration of power within, don't, aren't you ever, did you ever have a moment of doubt about capitalism and whether greed's a good idea to run on? Well, first of all, tell me, is there some society you know that doesn't run on greed? You think Russia doesn't run on greed? You think China doesn't run on greed? What is greed? Of course, none of us are greedy. It's only the other fellow who's greedy. <laughs> this, the world runs on individuals pursuing their separate interests. The great achievements of civilization have not come from government bureaus. Einstein didn't construct his theory under order from a, from a, a bureaucrat. Henry Ford didn't revolutionize the automobile industry that way. In the only cases in which the masses have escaped from the kind of grinding poverty you're talking about, the only cases in recorded history are where they, where they have had capitalism and largely free trade. And welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 157 here on Thursday, November 16th. I'm your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm your co-host, Mike McKenna. Does All this right. microphone work? Do we ever determine that? Is okay. it working, producer? It is. All right, listen. <laughs> Misfortune. Uh, before we get into the clips, I want to announce that we have a repeat special guest this week. So watch your language. Welcome back to the show, Travis Fisher, who last time was here was at the Heritage Foundation but now has since joined the Venerable Cato Institute as the, what is your title again, sir? Director of Energy and Environmental Policy. Oh, it sounds very similar to the one you had over at Heritage. I'm having more fun, though. Oh, okay. Well, we love Jack over there, though, so. Jack I, do, I do love Jack. Jack who? That was the worst part. I had to leave Jack Spencer and Jack's podcast, so that, that was... It's all good. Jack he, was, he, he, he's dying for guests, so Jack. I'm sure he'll have you on. Who, all right, Gavin Newsom. Jack? Gavin, Governor Gavin 
cleaned up the streets of San Francisco for his special friend. By the way, we should have played that that we should have played that theme song, Streets of San Francisco. Oh yeah. That would have been would have been good. Oh, it might wow. have violated some trademark rules. Yeah, who cares about that? Come on, said. man. We're out of our skis. The clean up listen. Yeah. I, people said we're just cleaning this place up because all these fancy leaders are coming into town. Good. Whatever it That's takes. That's true. It's true. It's true. What, can I, what whatever this it takes, is, man. This is as bad as his um French laundry moment. This is this is right. It's I, hesitate, darn close. I, hesitate, I hesitate to say you're wrong because I was wrong about the last one. It's, so he's 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 stepping all over it. He's all nervous up there, you know, Mr. Confidence. It was the truest thing a politician has ever said, though. It's true because it's true. Yes. I, I liked it. I thought, yeah, why not? Mm. The hell? Well, the the conference it takes, produced it takes let's let's review. It takes it takes a visit from the Chinese to get anything to happen in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. APEC did produce some Direct, open, clear, direct communications on a direct basis. Yikes. According to our president. So it, I guess the, the cleanup effort was worth something after all. I mean, did you read that thing? That Did you read the the climate thing? The climate communique they signed? Oh, yeah. No, this is... It's incomprehensible. Well, it's like uh, we're going to get into COP here uh, in, the, in the topics, but it's like there they go again, right, in the run-up to COP. All right. Lastly, um, apparently Special Envoy Kerry blames greed on the lack of progress for climate change. Senator Kerry, Special G-R-E-E-D. Envoy. He spelled it in case you were unclear on how to spell greed. <laughs> Maybe he thought we were saying greet. I don't know. I thought it was odd that he spelled it. I'm like, okay, whatever. All right, and of course. By the uh, way, I noticed last one was. I, I will notice that Senator Kerry has not given up his vast fortune that he got I, from marrying two rich women. I didn't. I thought he was giving it all away to who? climate mitigation. Yeah, no, probably. So you remember Bill Gates's number was like what, ten million a year? Did you did you catch that last episode? Oh yeah, yeah. That was that's pretty impressive. That's a lot of CO two. That's my ambition. I want to out CO two <laughs> Bill Gates someday. Yeah, that's kind of the Jason Isaac. That's Jason Isaac. It, right? That's exactly yeah. what I thought. I'm like, I've heard this before. Well, the last person on our uh, clip configuration uh, was, of course, uh, Milton Friedman and his famous interview with Phil Donahue back in the day where you could actually have a discussion yeah, about I mean, these kind of things it, in a sort of rational way. Where you could... Everybody makes fun of Phil Donahue, but it was actually a good show. Well, Friedman showed up like across like three Several or four times. different yeah. shows. And yeah. Rand was on there. Too, yeah, a couple and they times. had a bunch. They had a bunch of interesting yeah. conversations. Yeah. I give Phil Donahue full credit for it, man. I, can you imagine anybody doing that nowadays? Can you imagine those folks over at the View like doing something like that, inviting somebody who had a different opinion on? Well, they have invited like occasionally, like Tim Scott. Oh, was on yeah, there. but it's, oh yeah, but they like you know they don't really talk about anything. Yeah, no, that's yeah, true. It's like, that's hey, true. you know, do you feel bad or just kind of bad about you know being a Republican kind of thing? That's the question level you get. All right, so no episode next week. I uh, know we don't want to disappoint our listeners, but we are going to be very busy for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? I know what you're doing. What are you doing, Travis? I'm going to my dad's house in North Carolina. Wonderful. We're bringing the whole fam, I hope. That's the plan. The whole crew. Yep. Wife so, and three kids. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Playing We're leaving the dogs it. behind, though. They, Playing golf. They don't play well enough with mm. my dad's dogs. But yeah, gotcha. that's that's the plan. I'm going to New York City. New York City for Thanksgiving. 
But you're not going to go to the parade, are you? Yeah, we are. Oh, good. Good for you. Yep. Your uh, goddaughter was just relentless about it. So we're going to get up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning and head up to 70 something and fifth or whatever. So. Good. Good for you. Yeah. I like uh, it. Yeah. And you, have you decided your yeah, second, going, you're doing the turkeys. I'm going to New what York. What are you going with? I'm going to New York too. No, no. What, what is your I'm going second? to the parade. Are you doing the prime rib or what? I think I'm doing decide? the prime rib. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I don't think that decision has been quite made yet, but yes. All right, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I know we're a little early, but uh, maybe maybe we'll get the producer to do a best of. We'll see how we'll see how busy he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, today he's, in seventeen, he's trying to restrain his enthusiasm even now. Oh, what are you doing, producer? Detroit. Oh, good. You're gonna try and catch another game. Yeah, I'm not not going to Lions game. I'm going to Michigan State, Penn State at 4 p.m. Oh, on the next day. I got you. I got you. Who's Detroit playing this year? Green Bay. Oh, that would be that would be fun. Yeah. Last year it was the Bills, and they almost lost. Aren't the Bills on tonight? No. It's a, who's no, it? It's the Bengals and who tonight? Ravens, right? The Bengals, Bengals and Ravens. Yeah, right. I think so. Yeah. All right. In 1776, this happened. On in no, 1776, on November, 16th. on November 16th, it wasn't good for us. It wasn't good for us. It wasn't good for the good guys. Um, the British, the British ran the Americans out of New York with the help. Well, yeah, you're you're pretty yes. Uh, specifically, the British, the uh, assisted by the uh, Hessian Lieutenant General Wilhelm von Neiphausen, which yeah. is a fancy word for German Hessian. And a force of 3,000 mercenaries, along with 5,000 red co coats, lay siege to Fort Washington at the northern yeah. end and the highest point of yeah. Manhattan. Harlem Heights, yeah. It's uh, a... Made possible by a traitor, a deserter, William DeMont. Yeah, these French people, you can't Who deserted the 5th Pennsylvania Battalion and gave British intelligence agents information about the Patriot Defense of New York including details about the location and defense of Fort Washington. First trader. Yeah, that um that battle site is now across the street from um shoot, a great big giant church. Bennett Park in the Washington Heights neighborhood of New York City yeah. near the George Washington Bridge yeah. at the corner of Fort Washington Avenue and 183rd Street. I know exactly where it is. I'm trying to remember the name of the church. It's going to going to bother me the rest of the day. Uh, in 1973, on this day, November 16, 1973, 1973 uh, man landed on the moon for no. the most recent time. The Trans-Alaska Pipeline Authorization Act was signed by U.S. President okay, Richard Nixon. Look, I thought we had like a rule we're not going to do like ridiculous congressional people thing that had no bearing on anything. Well, two, it has bearing uh, in, in two for two reasons. One, it took four years for the entire pipeline to be built. To be built. So all you permit people out there listening. One, one. And twice as long as it's taken us to get Keystone built. Oh, five senators voted against it, including Gaylord Nelson, President Joe Biden, oh, one of five really? senators really? to vote against oh, the Daps. <laughs> So, so he's been wrong since 19... Joe Biden, wrong since 1973. Yeah, he is, he's wrong on a bunch of stuff. Man. Every time he talks about stuff that he was doing 50 years ago, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, man. Look, I'll talk about stuff I was doing 50 years uh, ago. The other four, are you ready? This is just fun. Merch by... I was going to... Hold on, let me guess. 
I wasn't going to guess Birch. I was going to guess uh, Gaylord Nelson. No. William Proxmire. Bill Proxmire, the other crazy Ed, from Wisconsin. Ed Brooke. Edward Brooke. And I want to guess Dad. A Republican, by the yes. way. Yes. And Her- from Maryland, or Massachusetts. Massachusetts. And Harold Hughes. From Maryland? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Really? So. I want to guess Harold Hughes in a million years. I might have guessed Ed Brooke if I'd had enough time. Joe Biden. Wow. Okay, 2006, and this, I'll give you a hint. You're going to need to. The Clips. 2006, The Clips. Uh, uh, Gavin Newsom became a man. No, 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 no. Milton Friedman. Died. Died at the age of yeah. 94 yeah. on this day in he, not like Not like he didn't get his turn at the plate, man. Oh, I mean, man. You know, he's nope. like, what? He's what, right up there. Who, who would you consider more, he, he's, like, in terms of your... your the folks that influence? you look to and influence in our in, the free in market our... space. I mean, Hayek. No. Yeah, he's he le- he leads that school. He's comparable and he's comparable in importance to a guy like Kenneth Galbraith, right? Who leads his own school. That, that, is that a way yeah, to think about? Well, it? He's way more mainstream, and he's Chicago school, so he's not weird like all the other Austrians, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I would I would I would put him up there, sort of in a, a, a league of his own in terms of the influence, Nobel Prize. Everybody knows about him. He had the policy gigs. He did the the PBS series, mm-hmm. all the, the free to choose yeah. series. Yeah. In terms of being able to talk about these issues, I don't know if anybody's as good as he was. That's, yeah, I, I think that's right. There. All right. Uh, meet the new speaker. Same as the old speaker. You guessed it. <laughs> 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 this week, the Congress passed a CR. Which is exactly the thing. <laughs> is it? Uh, go ahead. You, 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 you can, can go. It. It's I don't want to do it. You can do it. So uh, there are some differences, but there are large. They're largely the same. They're they're the basically an ex, they're ex, an extension of the the Democrat line item numbers from the when the Democrats still had control. But the difference is, is they bifurcated the the bills. They cut them in. They split them yeah, into so we got two into shows. like two buses. One will have to be finished by mid January. One will have to be finished by early February. Um, and then it's a way it's a way to make sure that those of us who work appropriations will never be able to sleep. Uh, it's a it's a conscious strategy to drive appropriations lobbyist batty. Well, I mean, OK, so it's it's a variation of something that the that the uh, freedom guys put together. So that was sort of his way of trying to reach out to them. The quote I saw that was sort of the money quote in all this was, hey, at least he didn't lie to us. Yeah. I'm not really sure that's a threshold you should be proud of. But it, it I, the best, what's he going to do? The best quote was the White House quote on it. And they said, yeah, man, you know, they used our timetables and Nancy Pelosi's policies and we didn't get any cuts. So it was all good. I right. was like. So I, I would say that it would have been fine if in, and the, the uh, speaker has been working nonstop to pass individual appropriation bills, uh, put CJS on the floor, Commerce Justice, and was immediately tubed by the conservatives and the Freedom yeah, Caucus yeah, yeah, because it didn't do enough. Had about 20 guys voting If you're going to, if you are advocating for passing individual bills, you have to pass individual bills. Shut up, man. So... Again, it's an end game problem with my friends in that in that section of the conference. Takes take some little victories. The House is without a majority. That's the bottom line. The House does not have a majority. 
If you don't control the floor, you don't, you're not the majority. And no one controls the floor, hence no one's the majority. Mm-hmm. We have no majority in the House of Representatives. I don't, I don't understand why that's like nobody's written that story yet. Yeah. Johnson did um, also, uh, the, the left went after him for making a statement about separation of church and state. Did you guys catch that? No. Let me play the clip. It's a little long, but I think it's good. It was the first day that uh, you had been uh, sworn in. It appeared uh, that you had were praying uh, on the floor uh, of Congress with a number of other uh, congressmen. And there is a question about the separation of, of church and state. Uh, we often talk on this show about uh, folks, uh, about whether religion should play a role uh, inside a company, whether people should be allowed to, to pray inside a company. There's one thing to to pray outside and to have your faith, and, and, and there's a great importance in that. But how do you think about that, and how do you think about the public perception of that? Listen, faith, our deep religious heritage and tradition, is a big part of what it means to be an American. When the founders set this system up, they wanted a vibrant expression of faith in the public square because they believed that a general moral consensus and virtue was necessary to maintain this grand experiment in self-governance that we created, a government of, by, and for the people. We don't have a king in charge. We don't have a middleman. So we've got to keep morality amongst us so that we have accountability. And so they they wanted faith to be a big part of that. The the separation of church and state is is a misnomer. People misunderstand. Of course, it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that Jefferson wrote. It's not in the Constitution. And what he was explaining is they did not want the government to encroach upon the church, not that they didn't want principles of faith to have influence on our public life. It's exactly the opposite. Washington said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And John Adams came next and he said, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. They knew that it would be important to maintain our system. System. And that's why I think we need more of that. Not an establishment of any national religion, but we need everybody's vibrant expression of faith because it's such an important part of who we are as a nation. So he got hammered. He got the left pounced, the left seized on the misnomer, the word misnomer. But that's a perfectly like logical, factual, and quite frankly, refreshing perspective from a guy who's the Speaker of the House of Representatives. He's, That's my opinion about that. He's fine. You know, he's fine. He's, he's, he's just the right amount of boring, which is good, I think right? He's, I think it's great. It's good to have somebody boring, and it's good to have somebody who's like, yeah, okay, you want to fight, I'll fight. Yeah, and he's it's quite a contrast from the well, last guy up there, right? It's unfortunate that you can give an answer that's that thoughtful, that's that thorough, that articulate, and then one word, you step in on one word that the media doesn't like. Oh, yeah. That that's all your that's a, a dozen headlines on one word. Media pounces. So, but he was exactly right. It was, that was the intent of it. it. wasn't It was to prevent the 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 state, the government, from establishing a, a religion, a, a national religion. I mean, wouldn't the alternative be bad too? To say that you can't pray at work I, I, ever. I, I was going to say the idea that the idea that all this was you know praying on the house floor. I'm like, dude, come on, right? Move along, right? Oh, my God. The speaker prays. (laughs) This is just terrible. It's not the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen on the House floor. How about if we say it that way? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some stuff. I've been on the House floor a few few nights in my my life. All right. So another one is out. Tim Scott has suspended his, his campaign for the presidency of the United States of America. 
Yeah. Did I not call this? Did I not say this was going to happen a week ago? Two weeks ago? Yeah, we ago? talked about it. Okay. We're down to Haley and DeSantis. Doug Burgum. With Christy uh, hanging around just to harangue Doug Burgum. The, the former. Don't forget my boss. boy. Don't forget so, my, my. Don't forget my boy Doug. He didn't make the debate stage. He hasn't dropped out yet either. Huge advantage of having like your own millions of bucks. You're like, sure, whatever. I'll fly yeah, around and get speeches. Right. I don't care. Uh, yeah, we're down to two candidates now. <clears throat> so your your piece about Kim Reynolds, which was inspired, I think, by our conversation here on the Unregulated Podcast. I think so. I don't know. What did I say? You said she could be the. She could be the difference difference maker. maker in this campaign. She won, she won ninety five of the ninety nine counties. She did better than Trump in twenty twenty two. She outperformed Trump's twenty twenty campaign in Iowa in all ninety nine counties, almost all of them by double digits. Um, she's very popular. We're about to find out, right? She's, right. she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna carry Ron to. I was gonna say you're gonna drag him around <laughs> you know, Iowa and see what happens. I, I, I'm. And you said we still haven't seen the Sununu endorsement yet, so. I don't understand. I don't. It, it's it's. He's inc- got the capital. He should use. it. I was going right? to say, man. If he doesn't like Trump. He should play the. Now's card. your moment. Right. Now, now's your moment, dude. And we're we're we. Right. What's he holding out? It's for, hard like, to think about. Secretary right, exactly. It's hard to think about this. We get back from Thanksgiving. We're going to be sixty days out from. Um, we're going to be sixty days out from New Hampshire. Oh, that's crazy. I'm like, you can pull the trigger at some point, pal, or forget about it. Stop talking about it. Sit down and be quiet. So, and then there were three. That's basically what it comes down to. Um, okay, lots of retirement news. Let me start with the just the basic regular one. Rep, Representative Higgins from New York, from my old hood, from my from my birthplace. Really, is announced he will not seek reelection. He apparently has a gig lined up for him. Doing running what? the Shays. Lounge. Performing Arts Center. Roman the Shays Lounge Coalition. <laughs> So, Congressman Higgins, who's been around since 05, I think. By the way, I found a co- I found a coalition I want to run. Which one? There's a coalition called the Rare Diseases Company Coalition. I definitely want to run that. What coalition do you run, Mike? Ah, the Rare Diseases one. You in favor or opposed? Eh, it sort of depends <laughs> on the day. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the big one, though. Senator Joe Manchin is not running for re-election in the United States Senate. He has done everything that he could possibly do for the state of West Virginia. It's time for him to tour the nation and find out if there's a movement, if there's someone who can lead us back to the middle in this country. I'm so tired of this guy. Um, This is your Joe Manchin reminder that he won re-election last go-around with 48.6% of the vote against my friend Patrick Morrissey from New Jersey. He beat a guy from New Jersey by 48%, got 48.6% of the vote against a guy from New Jersey. So he was going to get stomped in this election. I think I predicted he was going to walk out of this particular door six months ago. I'm looking forward to having him run. On the Joe Lieberman no labels party ticket, yeah. I, I I don't understand what he brings to the third party land that Cornell West, RFK, or Jill Stein don't bring. I'm looking forward to that particular. Debate. Or Marion, don't forget that Marion lady. She she running? Yeah, she said she's in to win it. So what about the rents too high guy from New York? We need right, to get him involved too. in this thing. That would be good. 
So Joe Manchin is packing. Now, here's the question I have. Will the F, will the Department of Justice drop their uh, investigation against Justice, uh, Governor Justice's son now? That Who knows? And, Who knows? And two, will this help make the primary more competitive with Alex Mooney, who is considered the more conservative no. Republican no. candidate in no. the primary? No. So this is a runaway. Justice is. He's also considered. He's also considered the, the, the. He's a Marylander. That would probably be that would probably be excusable, but the fact that he has the personality of a soap dish is not good. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a policy question. You got some this. thoughts? He's got a yeah, policy. He's got a policy. Chime in. We'll now, listen, the rules of the unregulated podcast is you got to ch- you can't you can't just politely wait your turn. You just gotta like. I was gonna like raise my hand or something. You no, know, you gotta yeah. get it right. Sure. In Inflation it. reduction right act. In. Yeah, what about it? After Manchin's gone, can we just get rid of that thing? I mean, it depends on the vote count, but man, if there was a if there was a champion of it, it was him. So he leaves. You're being you're joking, right? No, no, no. You are joking. No, I'm just, I'm I'm talking 2025. I'm thinking long game. He passed the thing, and after the day after he passed it, since then he's been running, threatening to try to repeal it. Well, when he he still hates the EPA rule, the power plant rule, right? That was enabled by the IRA. He's a... he's not making any sense. I'm I'm. It's not breaking my heart that he's leaving. Other thing I'm worried about is the Senate committee. Oh yeah, no, that's I was quoted in uh, E and E on that. It's going to lurch to the left. Yeah, that's going to be bad news. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be Heinrich, Heinrich if yeah. the if the Republicans don't take over. I'm sorry. What are we talking about? The EP uh, ENR committee, the New Mexico guy is going to take it over. Probably. Who cares? I mean, how could it be worse than what we've had already? Well, I mean, what's he going to do? Is he, he going to pass? Kill, a, he is he going to pass a trillion dollar piece of legislation? It's going to destroy the. I did enjoy the FERC oversight hearings. I was going to say we. we He's big on know, grid reliability. And buddy Glick's no longer all that stuff. Right. But great. So he cares about stuff you 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 FERC weenies care about. <laughs> Wait, you're the ultimate FERC weenie. What I am the ultimate yes. FERC weenie, we, which is which is why I get to decide what's in and out of bounds. And we and, need FERC weenies and pretending, appreciate what Joe Manchin brought to the table. And, but, you know what? I th- I think Senator Heinrich would bring a, a certain level of clarity to it he'll, he'll come out in favor of his uh his legislation on transmission that nobody else likes and we can have a con- conversation about it and you know what maybe the administration will give us some some nominees that we can like chew over a i little would bit. prefer some consistency aside from this when joe Manchin went on that sunday show and said oh i can't support it and two weeks later it's passing yeah it was pretty deep 200 plus pages i'm like come weeks. on are you trying to tell me that are you trying to tell me that a member of the United States Senate doesn't always tell the truth to people? All right, I'm going a little out of order here, but here's my question. Uh-oh. What committee is the Cassidy carbon tax referred to? Do we know? No, but I would assume it's going to go to Senate Finance since they have, the they have, they have principal jurisdiction over taxes but and I thought, treaties. I thought the Department of Energy was going to be writing the tax. Ready, I imagine it's probably going to get a sequential. There, there's there's the point so he, he can bring that bill to the he can bring that bill who henry Heinrich? Heinrich, yeah i think he's going to be sequentialist he's going to get it after finance that gets it yeah. and I, who's running senate finance now schumer somebody somebody wide oh yeah wide senator wide um, who was the architect of the tech neutral ptc my other least favorite thing in the world um 
Travis at Cato, our guest, wrote an excellent piece on the Cassidy carbon tax. Yes, you were moving on. And his headline was, well, I was trying to do the segue. With Go ahead. You did try. It's very smooth. I, I, his headline was, the Cassidy carbon tax is even worse than advertised. Do tell. So the advertised part, the advertisement I'm talking about is a foreign affairs piece written by Senator Cassidy that says we should take Written it. by whom? Senator Cassidy? Well, we don't know. Well, we don't, we don't know that. No, He's exactly. on the tagline. Anyway, so I'm trying to play a little inside ascribed, ball with you. But... Ascribed <laughs> to Senator right, Cassidy. Keep going. I won't interrupt you. Go. The whole gist was we got to stick it to China. They're dirty. And by dirty, he means higher CO2 emissions. That's the other That's the other bait and switch. He talks about pollution, but it's really just CO2, which uh, we can argue the merits of that one. But the details of it are bad. So that the foreign affairs piece was all about the you know the broad strokes of how, how we have to take it to China with this tariff, not a domestic carbon tax. He's very clear about that. Mm-hmm. But then the the actual bill, the text comes out, ninety two pages of nonsense. And okay, uh, but what what did you discover that was not in the like advertisement? Just give me a couple of highlights. So the main thing is it explicitly defines pollution as greenhouse gas emissions. Very problematic. I don't know why any Republican would do that. I don't know why a Republican from an oil and gas state would do that. He's basically handing over the rope for whoever wants to tie it into a noose and hang the industry. He's doing it. I don't I don't fully understand why, but that's where he's going. So a whole bunch of problems with this. There's the, you know, it tasks, and he should know better because he was at the hearing where the inspector general from the DOE, so this is the lady who oversees the DOE, and the loan programs office guy was there, and she was saying, look, all this money going out the door, it's going to be so much fraud and abuse, I can't keep up with it. Inspector general's telling Senator Cassidy to his face, there's no way that I can keep up with all this fraud and abuse coming out of the DOE. Guess who's in charge of setting the carbon tax? The same agency? National labs under the DOE. Oh, because they know everything because they're labs. Oh, yeah. Science. It's all about science. Yeah. But so it's even worse. It's not even explicit about what the tax level would be. Like if you wanted to do this, you should at least put it in the bill how much people are going to have to get charged. They don't want to do that because they don't want us to know how much it's going to cost uh, for for a gallon of gas or for our utility bills or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So it hides all the details in this technocratic nonsense. There's a uh, there's a board that establishes a uh, pollution challenges board. And the chair is the, there's, you know, all the labs and some agencies and things like that. But what could possibly go wrong when you assign a board to establish a carbon tax? Well, ask Milton Friedman. All right. So the Cassidy carbon tax is live. It's been introduced. There are two sponsors so far, correct? Yeah. I guess we should call it the Cassidy Graham carbon tax. Sure. Or Cassidy Graham Graham, tax. Our friend Lindsey Graham is also on it. So. There was a co-sponsor, an original co-sponsor who dropped, Senator Roger Wicker. Apparently, there is some wisdom. Somebody remaining in the U.S. nudged him and said, "Hey, this is going to be really expensive," and he changed his mind. Mike, what are you thinking about on this issue? What do you what? what, Give us some of your wisdom. I have no wisdom. I don't understand why people make this thing complicated. What these guys are doing is setting us up for domestic energy tax. In fact. What they're going to give us is as an increased 
prices on everything that's made or transported, and they're setting us up for a specific and additional domestic energy tax. I don't understand yes. why this is complicated. So right now, the, the first the, tax is on imports, which we'll pay for. Import, it's a tax on imported goods that whoever is buying them is going to pay for. It. Guess what? It's not going to be the Chinese. It's going to be the American citizens who pay for this stuff. And then ultimately, because of the way the rules are are sort of constructed, it would leave with no option. Well, yeah, I mean, it's that. It's not only that. It's but it's it's once people start problem. voting for stuff like this, they're dopey enough to vote for other things. Right. And yes, I said dopey. To be continued. Let's hope not. We're hoping to strangle it in its crib. All right. Um. So so that you, Mike, don't accuse me of not reading your monthly notes. I just I, I know you don't read. My I monthly read notes. them. Uh, I have this section is called. The coach from Alabama. Really? You have a, a, a nice, succinct synopsis of what's happening in the United States Senate with respect to Coach Senator Tommy Tuberville's holds on military appointments into the Department of Defense. Yeah. Give us a brief. Tommy Tuberville's been... Thomas Hawley Tuberville, um, the now senior senator from Alabama, seems impossible. The now senior senator from Alabama has been ha has had a hold on Department of Defense, some military promotions. Um, I want to say everything above a two star. Um, military promotions to Department of Defense um, because he has been unable to get answers from the department about their policies on how and who and when get um, expenses associated with abortions paid for by the Department of Defense. Um, he believes that the Defense Department is acting outside of um, federal guardrails. There's no telling because they won't respond to any of his questions, so he's been holding these people. The um, folks most interested in busting the filibuster seems to be seem to be the holds, not the filibuster, the hold seem to be Dan Sullivan from Alaska and Todd Young from Indiana. I have no well, I mean I have my Lindsey Graham's been I have my theories about why those why those and Joni Ernst from Iowa. I have my theories about why those names are, are where they are. But um, the thing is, and the point of my article is the point I made in my article is the Biden administration, Team Biden has negotiated with everybody, terrorists, Putin. The Merchant of Death, everybody. <laughs> just, I mean, he, what he freed? He freed uh, the Merchant of Death for in exchange a basketball, for a basketball player. player. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's been everybody. They negotiate with everybody. They, they negotiate with the Iranians. <laughs> Hell, they just gave the Iranians ten billion, <laughs> 10 more, billion more dollars. Ten billion more dollars to kill Israelis. But somehow they can't talk to Tommy Tuberville. They can't that pick up be... the phone and call Tuberville. And, and the reason why is. Because they can't negotiate on the on the underlying issue, the Democrats are not yet prepared to um, figure out what the middle ground on right to life issues are in this country. Until they, they feel are, like they have an election, they have a, a, a that's an right. election issue on their hands. That's right. Although it's not entirely clear that that's right. It helps incumbents. Doesn't doesn't change anybody's mind. Right, it, right. When you get it solo, it's it's bad. But when you when you throw it into the mix, it probably doesn't. The make part that difference. I thought was interesting was, and you know, because you've been hearing, "Oh my God, you're affecting military readiness, and this is just terrible." What a bunch of nonsense! You did a little homework, and it, you determined that um, <laughs> he's held approximately three hundred three hundred and fifty. Yeah, three hundred fifty guys. Mm -hmm. 
And as recently as 2020, a Democrat Senator, Tammy Duckworth, said she was willing to block the confirmation of more than a thousand. Yeah, she was willing to do a blanket on everybody. Yes. Yeah. Um, to, to, for, for, to, I can't even say this, to make sure that the Vindman brothers um, got their promotions. Yes, to promote Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. Vindman. And so you also did the ratio. This is I'm just going to read it directly. It might be important to note that back when this nation was winning wars, a ratio of generals to enlisted was about one to six thousand. That ratio is now about one general for every sixteen hundred enlisted. In other words, we have been managing to lose wars for two generations now with a surplus of generals. There's no reason to think we can't squeak by without a few more for a little while. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, you know, I feel bad, but I mean, guys, we're already top heavy with these guys. What cracks me up is all this military readiness. I'm like, man, if you need a, if you need an overfed, if you need an overfed dude, if you need to give an overfed dude another star to be able to fight the Chinese, then you probably are in real worse shape than we thought you were in. I mean, come on. It's such it's such nonsense. It really is. And I get up and say this. I'm like, this is why nobody can take any of you guys seriously. You're not even good liars. You're lousy liars. Sorry. That's it's fine. Everything's fine. Go ahead. I applaud the senator. Keep it up. Uh, you know, I told him the same thing. I was like, keep, All right. keep it up. Uh, I want to play a little clip to to introduce this segment. Sir, okay, what are you gonna have? Uh, I think I'll have grilled cheese and a coke. Uh, grilled cheese? No, grilled cheese. No grilled cheese. Uh, cheeseburger and a Coke. Uh, no Coke, uh, Pepsi. Okay, uh, Pepsi and French fries. No fries, cheap. Okay, cheap. One cheese, but I got one Pepsi, one cheap. Cheeseburger. Pepsi, this cheese. Is cheeseburger, cheeseburger. <laughs> this is from the Hill. I thought there was some Saturday Night Live. <laughs> New York sues PepsiCo in effort to hold it responsible for litter that winds up in rivers. New York State sued PepsiCo on Wednesday in an effort to hold the soda and snack food giant partly responsible for litter that winds up in bodies of water supplying the city of Buffalo with drinking water. The lawsuit filed in state Supreme Court by Attorney General Letitia James, heard of her, accuses the company and its Frito-Lay subsidiaries of creating a public nuisance by making a huge number of plastic bottles and wrappers, some of which inevitably fall or blow into the Buffalo River when they are discarded. No company is too big to ensure that their products do not damage our environment and public health. All New Yorkers have a basic right to clean water, yet PepsiCo's irresponsible packaging and marketing endanger Buffalo's water supply environment and public health, James said in a statement. Sounds like scope three emissions to me. Seriously, man. What, 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 whatever. Is this what it's come to? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly Honest what it's come to. God, it's this is exactly what it's come, what it's come to. to. Look. And how much more is our Pepsi, no Coke, Pepsi going to cost us after all this is done? I don't know. But you know, it's Buffalo. Who really cares? It's like, not Buffalo. It's, it's the Buffalo it, River. It's insanity. It's a Buffalo it's, River. All right. Upstate New York wrecks everything for everybody. The bills are five and five. What, five and what five. Do, what do people do? What do you like, mean? There is no, there is no responsibility oh. Oh. 
on behalf of individuals who purchase no. Pepsis no. for man making no. sure it doesn't wind up in the no. Buffalo River? No, it's the responsibility of PepsiCo to make sure their I products are a really all... good answer for Pepsi. Just don't put the water in containers. Let's <laughs> try to figure out what the remedy is. So you take Pepsi to court, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're going to, what, use dragnets? We're going to go... Well, they knew that their plastic bottles were contributing. You're going to go back to glass bottles, and we're all going to... It's going to be like New York was in the 70s when I lived there. There'll be busted glass all over the city. <laughs> Everybody forgets you somebody, that. You mean people just drop their bottle? No. Well, they, don't, they don't take responsibility People used to, people used to smash their bottles. They didn't just drop them. They <sighs> smash them. <laughs> All right. I mainly needed to just. Event. I may, mainly wanted to play the clip. So I. Okay. I feel when better? I saw the article, better? I just was like, remember that cool clip from. Yeah, no, right. it's insane. I almost don't want to give it any more weight. By All right. That. Fine. We'll move on. Stupid idea. We'll move on. All right. It's COP28 time. Is it? Are you Conference going? Are you of going? parties. Are you going? Yeah. It's a, it's a huge party, dude. It would be better like if they... hundreds and hundreds of people show up. Well, they're not. Private jets, the whole works. Celebrities are there. Are you kidding I, me? It's I, like Davos. I, I mean, I don't I don't want to say... Well, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Reporters. Oh, man, I'm so copped out, dude. It's like, oh, wow. Frank Mazzano will be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Maxine... You're, you're welcome. Maxine Jozolo, who want, made her way up to the Bezos Post. Good honor. Nations made bold climate pledges they aren't close to meeting them shocker forest loss and methane emissions are climbing despite pledges at the un climate talks in scotland in 2021 what do you mean despite maybe it's because of two years ago scores of world leaders promised to take bold action to tackle global warming at the un climate summit in scotland vowing to end deforestation over the next decade and slash emission emissions of methane a potent greenhouse gas Today, countries are still far from meeting those much hyped promises, even as this is in the, this is I'm reading verbatim, even as the impacts of climate change intensify across the globe, deforestation remains rampant, rampant, pushing the Arizona, pushing the Arizona, that, pushing the Amazon forest towards a tipping point. Levels of methane in the atmosphere continue to climb to new records. The planet just endured its hottest 12 months in the modern era and probably the hottest in 125,000 years. Yeah, we got to do something about this. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm, I hereby swear that I'll do the China diet, which is the, at first I'm going to, I'm going to quit fast food by 2050, but as, <laughs> as it gets, no, no, as it gets closer and closer to 2050, I might have to change that TBD. Well, no, because, uh, they just. Agree to cooperate again, and as just yeah, in but, time but, for COP twenty. By the way, by the way, there are no dates in that communique. The China and the the American, yeah, there's no dates on them. There's, there's a, of course, I, I, yeah, we're going to work on it uh, together at some point. I need point. beef for the foreseeable future, but I swear at some point I will stop. I, I whatever. All right, here's one more right, because right. it is COP twenty eight time. Maybe we should go. The National Climate Assessment. Yeah. Has come out yet again, just in time. And when for they dropped it on Tuesday, dropped it on Tuesday. And here, here is a direct result of that report. Yeah. CNN says no place in the U.S. is safe from the climate crisis. True, but a new report shows where it's most severe. 
Man, I hope it's not any place I care about. The effects of rapidly warming climate are being felt in every corner of the U.S. and will worsen over the next 10 years without continued fossil fuel use, according to a stark new report from stark. federal agencies. Stark. I have to be honest. I agree with this totally. I think if, you, if you're really concerned about it, you should probably move out of the United States. Move somewhere else. Climate change. Our buddy Catherine Hayhoe. Yeah. Climate change is affecting every aspect of our lives. Some of the report's sweeping conclusions remain painfully familiar. No part of the U.S. is truly safe from climate disasters. Every aspect of our lives? But there are some important new additions. Scientists can now say with more confidence when the climate crisis has made rainstorms, hurricanes, and wildfires stronger or more frequent long-term drought more severe and heat more deadly. And heat more hot. Notice the pattern? Mm. A lot of adverbs. Climate cop coming. Assessment comes oh, out. Yeah, yeah. Rhetoric well, goes I up. Mean, the pledges and agreements are made. Progress is made. Commitments are made. Now is your CO two emissions is now, what now, year now, over is year? Your, now is your now is your occasional reminder that I give you that no matter what you think about all this stuff, there's no way that Kyoto's doing anything for it. Since we signed Kyoto, carbon dioxide um, presence in the atmosphere has gone up fifty percent, and literally nothing's been done that's going to slow any of that down. I suspect fossil fuel uses up. Probably, I don't know, 30, 40%, something like that. I got to look that, I got to track that down. It doesn't really matter. Then nothing's been, nothing, nothing. We, we've done nothing for 30 years. If you think this is a problem, you need a different plan. I've joined you guys' bandwagon on this. We, If we really want to stick to the Paris Agreement, let's vote on it. Yeah. I, I, that, now's a good time. We're all talking about it. We might as well do it. I think you should, you probably should have, you should have about 90 votes against it in the Senate. Because everybody thinks, hey, half of the people think, okay, this is a worthless thing. And the other half should have concluded by now that it's a worthless thing. It, however you define the problem, it's not it's not solving it. 28 cops. And here we are. Yeah, every man. year, it's the same old, yeah, same old. It's the same, same. Same old, same We old. should go. I don't want to go to Doha, but we should go to like pick. Next, if, next time they have one in a good place, we should go. If Frank was I think that's it, subjective. If Frank can go, why can't we go? <laughs> Did you want me to? Do you want me to describe it like the former president described him? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? Give us some secret. No, no, no. This is something he got caught on record saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, shoot. Give us your best Trump. No, I no, I I don't. I'm not using that word on the podcast. You remember how he described these nations? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Pay okay, attention. Yeah, he's man. a racist. Go ahead. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right, I've got a couple more, but I I've been hogging up the time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the pass the microphone. What do you guys have? Um, well, well, Travis is thinking about what five or six or eight things he wants to say to us that we've gotten wrong in the last four hours. I've got two announcements that I think are important. Uh, all right, so my uh, youngest son's birthday was uh, I don't know, a couple of days ago, so anyway, happy birthday, Robert, um, wherever you may be. Um, other thing is, there's a guy named Jeff Holtshue who's a big cheese over at Morgan Stanley. He's like vice chairman of something, something, institutional, institutionalization, whatever, um, and securities, right? right. Um, Jeff gave 
about as secretly as you can give ten million bucks. Jeff gave ten million bucks to Niagara University, which is a Catholic school run by the Vincentians, the Catholic College outside. Oh, of, I know exactly. I figured it's been a Buffalo, yeah. B- Buffalo, uh, Buffalo. Yeah, that's episode. Right. I figured Niagara has been in place, I think, since the eighteen eighties. If I had stayed in in the area, I might have gone to Niagara. Yeah. So we gave ten million bucks. So the the Vincentian fathers named the business school after him. It's the Jeff. And I think his wife is Mary Kay and Mary Kay Holtshue Business School. Cosmetic lady or? No, no, no. She's a nurse. She's a nurse and then stay-at-home mom. um, Anyway, long story short is, um, Jeff, I I know you listen occasionally. I got to say, I'm I'm hugely impressed by it. I'm even more impressed by the fact that I had to find it um, when I was just wandering around Google one day. you know, so I appreciate the example and the gift. I hope he put some parameters around that in terms of I, wokeness. I'm sure the Vincentian fathers or, are fine. I'm no, sure. No, no, no. Look at look what's going on up I'm, in. Uh, I'm sure the Vincentians are fine. Vatican Square these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. So. He didn't give it to the Pope. He gave it to the actual church. Those are my two announcements. Okay, Travis, you're up. No, I don't have anything cool. Have you guys already talked about the FERC Tech Conference? No. The, that is with the not e- cool. With the EPA guy? I know that's not <laughs> that cool at all. No, no, cool. no. But the EPA guy, the EPA thing is important. Okay, right? shoot. Make sure well, it's cool because FERC Tech Conference is not yeah, cool. seriously, man. Well, <laughs> I was, we'd, all need, we'd all need some more bourbon if we're I was going to complain about how not cool it was. Usually I'm the one saying it's cool and you're the one saying it's not. Th- this one was decidedly uncool. This was FERC was supposed to do. This is the annual reliability tech conference. So this is, if you're concerned about the state of the power grid, this is the forum. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to invite the best minds. We all talk about it. Uh, It was supposed to be including this concept, this EPA power plant rule. We're supposed to talk about it. 111. The 111D Clean Air Act rule that basically it's... Yeah, the the, the one that will will shut down gas and The power plant shutdown rule. Clean power plant 2.0, whatever you want to call it. This is the big bad EPA rule on power plants. They gave it an hour. This is an all-day thing. They gave it only an hour and the EPA guy just filibustered the whole time. This is the slowest talking person I've ever heard in my life. And... Bueller... He said something like, well, we're only in the fifth inning of the process. and keep, only in the fifth it, inning of this of these remarks. Keep, <laughs> keep your phones handy because we're definitely going to call you after, of course, the EPA didn't call for it before proposing the rule of back course. in May in the first place. It was just, it was a it was a masterclass in how to burn a whole hour. Is he, You know, you've seen people burn the five minutes in hearings. This is, I know we're hitting at 50 this, right now at the Unregulated Podcast. We've said nothing so far, so I get it. We haven't, it's, we haven't gotten ourselves in trouble either. <laughs> but this rule is bad, 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 bad. And the guy just spent an hour saying, oh, let me check my notes. I'm not sure. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Must have said thank you for the question a hundred times. It was awful. So if you missed it, I just, I'm just here to say you didn't actually miss anything. But then EPA followed up with this supplemental notice of proposed rulemaking. It's, it's giving a new comment period. So I encourage folks to, to dive into that if you're interested. And that's the important part of the story. Okay, so they've extended the comment period on the bill. If you hated the rule back in May, you've got a second bite at the apple to hate it some more. Well, that's good. That'll give us something. I think they're a little worried about it. They should be. I think they're a little worried about it. They, 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 in fact, should be. It's a, it, it, they, they've got a couple of stinkers heading their way through the process that I think are all going to come together at twenty twenty five and get blown up all at the same time. All right, what else? You, you got anything else? 
That's all I got. Um, yeah, go Bengals. Since I picked you guys to win a Super Bowl, I'd rather not see them drop to five and five. Oh, right? well, I know what five and five is all about. Did you see the Monday Night Football game? That was the ugliest thing I ever seen. I, you know, the it funny, was a complete train wreck. The funny thing is, is and they still almost won. I That's know. the weird part. The thing is, is that I, I was, I was watching. I was, this was the Bills, ladies and gentlemen. I was remembering, yeah, as I was remembering the Giants and the Bills game where the Giants like could have won, should have won, maybe, maybe should have won. And I thought, yeah, you know, the Bills really didn't look good. They had an off night. I'm thinking to myself, I was watching the Jets thing. I'm thinking, maybe it wasn't an off night. Maybe that's what they are now. Yeah. It, it, it I don't know. All I know is, is that, um, is that, um, what's the guy's name? The quarterback. He led the league, Buffalo's quarterback now. He led the league um, in turnovers uh, last yeah. year. And he's, he's leading it. Blowing it, it out yeah, the water. I, it's, the it's, weird part was, like, I gotta get a running game. <sighs> did you catch? Did you hear this? The, the 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 last seconds of the game, and the kicker for D- uh, Denver missed two PATs. Oof! All right, and <laughs> it was twenty. <laughs> they were down by two. It was twenty four twenty two. No, no, no. It was twenty two twenty one. Whatever. The key, the field goal will, will win the game. It wins the game, right? Time runs out. He missed it. By 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 like he hit the but, right uh the the right he grazed he grazed the right upright yeah he missed, just missed it outside and of course twelve men on the field yeah Buffalo gets called for twelve guys on the field and of course the guy kicked it right dead center five, five yards right. closer to, to win the game that's basically a practice kick yeah, at that point yeah, oh yeah it was a dagger uh, unbelievable I'm like this is the Bills that I like grew up uh, with right terrible. so this is terrible the other I'm glad, sports I'm glad there's a happy ending for that kicker though because that's the one thing especially in the NFL when you specialize that much you have literally one job you, yeah, you, you place Norwood. kick you place kick having, off he was having a, he was having a bad night there's no doubt about that yeah it, it it, but the um, but the guy who was holding there was a thing on Twitter I shouldn't get on Twitter it's really it's really bad X there was the guy who was holding the ball for yeah, him yeah. he had a big old patch of pine tar on his on his uh, on his on his hand so there's there's some shenanigans going on there that's I, what, that's yeah, that's what my that, take on it. all right and also congratulations to Garrett Cole shenanigans yeah I knew you were going to say something about that who is the Cy Young Award winner unanimous for a phenomenal season, 15 and 4, 2.6 ERA, a 7.4 war, crushed it all year long. The Yankees didn't make the playoffs, barely had a winning season. And Brian Cashman is still the general manager of the New York Yankees. You know, yeah, I've given up on baseball, and and for this season, I've given up. You know, the Giants are out, and the you know the Yankees, the the, the Yankees, Notre Dame is heading towards, you know, the the blueberry pancake bowl or whatever. It's it's been a it's been a tough couple of years in here. Not been good. All right, I got one more, and you guys are going to be heartbroken about this. And this was in the Washington Post. The four-decade rise and fall of Chuck E. Cheese's animatronic band. Are you telling me they're they're done? After a storied four years together, an iconic American band made an announcement that stunned fans and fellow musicians. The group would soon retire. The news made headlines worldwide. Singer-songwriter Father John Misty said in an emotional tribute that Munch's make-believe band had introduced me to music 
and reminded a creative force for so long. Fans on message wards wrote of wanting to cherish the remaining time we have with them. The Chuck E. Cheese band is going to be retiring. Yeah, that's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) My kids have never been to Chuck E. Cheese. I got a dumb question. Are there still Chuck E. Cheeses out there? There are Chuck E. Cheeses out there, yes. But the good news is, and here, there's a little bit of hope. That the Munch Munch's Make Believe Band will be kept alive at one location, a permanent residency in Northridge, California. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, man, that if that if that thing doesn't give you nightmares, I don't know what don't does. Know. A large I mean, a large rat chasing that, kids around. Well, not only that, but like it's not good. You ever walked into one of those places? Yeah, I look, look, I mean, yeah, I I I, I want to say like. Four or five times a year, I wind oh, up at somebody's man. party there, and it's creepy. It's creepy. It is. It was a real. I don't. I don't get how they're still around. I don't know. The, you know, the pizza is not bad, but it's not good enough to like make up for the rat that chases people around a restaurant. No, it's a I'm sorry. Creepy. It's a pretty big don't compliment your kids though, coming there. from Mike. Pizza's not that bad. Yeah, pizza's not that bad. It really isn't. But it's just yeah. Anyway. yeah. That's it. So the end of an era. Thank goodness. Now I got to find out if there's one nearby because I don't know. You got to you got to have a farewell. You know? one it's like the Stones. There's one out in Manassas. I don't know if there's one closer or not. All right. Well, we are going to close here for this week, and uh, we can't we can't leave without the wise words, of Vice President Harris. Innovation is about our ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. The ability to not only imagine a better future, but to build it. (laughs) It just keeps happening every time. Seriously, what do they pay these guys for? I don't understand. You know what? I myself will write the vice president's speeches if she wants me to. It's got to be. This is embarrassing. It's a national embarrassment. Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. We are not done. We can't wrap. I have a gift for you. Oh, boy. I have a gift for you. What is it? Oh. It's a... It's a... It's a tumbler. It's a tumbler. Thank you. I was you can cup. put your wine in there at the beach and... What does it say? Before, I, before you say what it says, this is episode number 157, and it's a wrap. Travis, thank you for joining us. We are out of here. It says, Namaste.